Welcome to the Big Mike Fund Podcast, where you learn about advanced wealth building strategies from real estate investing to creating massive ROI and secure retirement profits. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab a notepad, and lean in. Because Big Mike has got the life starting now. Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. I'm the Big Mike, Mike Zlatnik. Today it is my pleasure and a privilege to uh, have Ryan Panetta join us. Hi, Ryan. What's up, Mike? Happy to be here, man. Thank you very much for joining. So Ryan is a brother from the Collective Genius Mastermind. Uh, he is a master of many trades. He's former professional baseball player. He has a massive social media following. Scott, uh, he's, a, he's a real estate guru. He's out of Las Vegas, Nevada. What am I missing? What other ways, what, what other accomplishments or uh, medals you have? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I got some awards back there for stuff. But, uh, nah, man, just a family man, you know, wife, two kids, two young kids, you know, try and make sure I keep time for them, even though I've got a bunch of different businesses going on. Um, so it's just, Ma I would say master life balancer, just trying to stay balanced in all areas. That's a great way to describe. Uh, forgive me, I usually start with the, I uh, call it wife's kids, cats, bats, but uh, thank you for, uh, uh, how old are your kids? Uh, one, my son is two and a half, his name's James, and my daughter just turned one, her name's Olivia. Well, that's, that's awesome. The, the, yeah. These are, uh, I guess when you're young, they don't drive you as much, you get older. The, uh, yeah. the kids is, is your motivation to uh, keep going. So yeah, that's great. So let's talk a little bit about your business. So let's start with the social media. You have massive following and you just started a fund. You just started a real estate fund in addition to everything else. So how do you feel yeah. uh, being a new fund manager? Well, I got to say, man, I got to thank you for um, just all the advice you've given me as I've been um, building out the fund. And I've taken a lot of what you said and applied it to my own fund. And uh, I'm definitely excited that, you know, at some point we're going to be doing some deals together. But uh, it, it's a cool feeling, man. Um, you know, I got started doing it because uh, my buddy Tim Brotz, who we both know from Collective Genius, uh, challenged me. You know, I, I put out a goal on social media at the start of the year. I said, I want to buy 50 units. And Tim comments, he's like, 50 units? What are you like? You should be buying 500 units. That's nothing. And I'm like, dude, I, like right now, my portfolio is like 30 doors. Um, now, granted, I own them all 100%. It's not a fund. But uh, I'm like, dude, getting 50 would be more than double. And he kind of changed my mindset of like, look, you know, buying big multifamily and stuff is not that much different than what you're currently doing. And with your social media following, you can raise money and you can, you know, do things way better than most people can. So, you know, kind of just went down that path and started in February, just like the paperwork and with the lawyers and all that stuff, you know, and it took me a few months and, you know, then we started building out the marketing side of it and the website and, you know, the lead forms and, creating content to bring awareness to it. And, you know, as, as we sit here in mid July, um, we've got everything going now. Uh, we've got a ton of interested investors. Uh, we've got a 334 unit apartment complex under contract. So it's moving quick. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's, that's a lot of progress in short amount of time. So great, great work. Yeah. So, um, 
your first deal, um, I guess you, 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 we talked about this, you're, you're partnering up with Team Brats. So how do you feel about that? Uh, as a fund manager, because I wear this hat, uh, we do pick the best kind of operators and, and sponsors we work with. And it's a really important because as a fund manager, you can't really be active with the property. So um, how do you feel working with team? And, and um, uh, just talk a little bit about the first project, how you are, you, you, you're underwriting it, how you feel about uh, your first investment. Yeah. So, you know, the first thing I did, since obviously I don't have fund experience and, you know, yeah, I have real estate experience, but, you know, commercial is a different ballgame. And uh, first thing I did was reach out to guys like Tim, guys like you, guys I know, um, you know, in Collective Genius who are doing it at a high level. And I just really picked everyone's advice and, uh, you know, tried to see like, what are the consistent things they're all saying? You know, and if everyone's saying I need to do those things, then that's for sure, you know, a thing I need to do. Now, obviously, everyone's got different tips and, you know, ways they do their business and everyone's business is unique. So I kind of took what my strengths would be and said, okay, you know, let's, let's try and apply my strengths to what these guys are doing. And um, basically, what I decided was I needed to find, you know, somebody with experience with a fund and uh, make them a partner in my business, you know, have them able to underwrite the deals and, you know, essentially try to kill the deals, you know, like, Hey, you know, what, where are all the problems with this deal? What, what can screw us and all that stuff. And I found a really good guy. Um, his name is Austin young dude. Who's worked at, um, a fund for like the last four years. And he's done a lot of things. He's very detail oriented, very, you know, in the numbers. Um, whereas I'm like a big picture guy, I'm like, let's just freaking start the fund and see what happens. And, you know, he's the guy to counter that, make sure that we're getting into great deals. Um, so that was the first step was listening to guys like you, then hiring. Cause all of you said you need somebody on your team that that's got experience. Like you guys don't want to learn from scratch. So getting someone on our team that has experience. And then from there, just doing what I've already done with networking and marketing, like, okay, I'm letting everyone know we've got a fund we're buying. Let's get all the deals. Let's start raising money. You know, we did that. And, you know, for us, our business model isn't to become operators right away. Um, at, at least, you know, we want to just partner up with other operators who've got way more experience than us. And essentially, you know, we'll just raise the money for them because I think we can raise money at a high level and also underwrite deals to make sure that they're good. And thankfully, you know, my relationship with Tim um, led, led us to this deal. Our first deal is like a big one right out the gate. Um, you know, I was expecting like, okay, like let's, let's get our feet wet. We'll get like a 50 unit, hundred unit, something. He's like, yeah, I got this 334 units. Here's the numbers, do your due diligence, run, you know, see what you come back with, but it's a great deal. So we ran everything. Um, and I said, wow, like, okay, this is a good deal. And, uh, we went out there to Georgia last week to go look at the units, um, firsthand, and I was like, man, like, this is a good deal. Like this is in better shape than I thought. Um, just, I liked what I saw with the city and I feel very confident about the deal now, just going through all the steps of the process. Now, obviously we're not at the finish line yet. We still got to raise, you know, some more money and we've got to get the loan and, and do what we got to do. But, um, 
I mean, to me, it's, it's very much like a single family deal. I mean, you, you just got to get money. You got to get a loan. You got to underwrite the deal. And, you know, the acquisition part is very similar. I feel like it's, you know, the operation <laughs> once we buy it, that's going to make or break it. So, I mean, that's kind of where we're at with this deal, but I, I honestly, I know I'm not the smartest guy in commercial, nor am I the best. Um, so I want to make sure I'm, I'm partnering with other operators who are. Yeah. Great, great approach. Uh, you, you are, um, acting sort of, uh, very wisely, um, by listening to, uh, the folks with, with, with the experience and, um, leveraging, uh, a great hire, which is critical. Uh, you definitely want, when I have a good underwriter in the team, uh, somebody who is, like you said, they're going to talk about what's wrong with the deal because, uh, most of, of the, the deals out there are just not, um, not good enough and having a critical member of your team who can underwrite is, is very important. But on the other side, like you said, you, you I think your brilliance is in the um, uh, vision and the investor communications and being the, the face. And if you have enough people who can do the, um, the underwriting and then operations uh, or partnering with an operator uh, that should work. And again, as a, as a fund manager, I can, I can tell you uh, the uh, operating capability it's critical. Your success on a value-add project is really dependent on the um, ability to execute. So uh, you could find the deal, you could get the financing. Uh, and by the way, I, I agree with you that the economy of scale is critical. It, whether you get 50 doors or 100 doors or 300 doors, the effort to get the deal done is more or less the same. And um, mm -hmm. you definitely have not only good return on investment, but good, good return on, on effort. So effort is similar. If, if you don't have the scalability, you um, uh, you wind up spending a lot of time for very little upside uh, because you got to eat too. So you, the, the deals have to make sense economically for investors and have to make a good return on, on effort to the, to the fund manager. So all that's good. Now let's shift a little bit into the capital raising. So how are you raising capital? You have massive audience, you have a TV show, TV production, you have social media following. So what are you doing to raise capital? Just curious, because it's very different. I'm used to working with very different uh, capital raisers that go to more institutional players. You're going to the masses. You're going to the broad audience and uh, looking for, I guess, folks that know, like, and trust you. They admire you. They want to invest with you. So right. we'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, it's interesting because um, I've talked to uh, different guys obviously about how to raise capital the best way. And um, the biggest thing for me was like, man, okay, how do I, how do I do this in the most legal way? Because now that uh, it's just going to be broadcasted out there, I got to make sure I'm following all the, the rules. So, um, you know, I, I've looked at the way of trying to go. I, I don't know if I would call it the old school method or what of going to like these family offices and IRAs and uh, you know, things like that. Um, but from what I've been told, they always want a different type of structure with your fund that really benefits them. And I'm not really about that, um, especially if I feel like we're going to be getting way better deals than, you know, what they're going to be doing. So I, I have seen that already with a couple of people that have reached out to us where they're like, oh, well, you know, this guy gives 80, 20, 80% to the investors and this or that. And I'm like, this guy also gets crappy deals. You know, you want 80% of a piece of crap or you want, you know, half of a watermelon, you tell me. And uh, 
So I, I just don't really care. I mean, I can, at the point I am in my life, if somebody doesn't want to invest, I don't really care. It's just, to me, it's their loss. So that's the approach I take. Like, you know, if you don't want to invest with us, I don't care. So that that's one approach. Whereas other people, I think, are always chasing the money. You know, uh, we always do the pullback. Like, look, we're the prize. We have the deal. We know what we're doing. We have the connections. You don't. And good luck if, if you want to go do it on your own. Um, but on the other side of it, with raising money the way I'm doing it now is strictly through social media. And so we're creating content around the deal and what we're doing. We're building excitement. And so when I film a YouTube video at the actual apartment, people can see it firsthand what it is. Like they're seeing me walk through it, showcase it, the good, the bad. You know, we're talking about numbers and plans. And I mean, when you can tangibly see it and the guy that, you know, he's there, me, you're, you're like, okay, like this is legit. This is real. Like I see it versus like looking at a spreadsheet. So I think a lot of people's marketing to investors is wrong in that they're trying to give them a slide deck and a spreadsheet, which is like old school, I would say, versus the best form of marketing is, man, if I make a, a captivating 15 minute video showcasing what's going on, I'm going to get way more investors. And we're actually about to release that tomorrow. So I'm curious to see what happens with that. But even with just me announcing it once on YouTube, you know, holding one webinar and, um, you know, just talking about it a little bit on Instagram. I mean, we've already had like five, 600 people apply, you know, who, you know, are going to end up become, you know, obviously not all of them would be investors, but uh, there's a lot of money in there that uh, as long as we follow up and we do what we're supposed to do, I mean, we'll raise a lot of money just from what's currently in our database. And really we're just trying to fill the database up with as many leads as possible from all the social media. And uh, I think it's going to make us really successful. Um, the other part of it is you mentioned no like and trust because maybe they've been following me for a while. And uh, we've seen that, you know, most people don't even like look at the PPM or the returns or anything. They're like, dude, I mean, we're going to get a great return. We already know we are like, I don't even care. It's better than what I could do if I tried to go invest myself in the stock market or whatever, right? So they're like, I'd rather just put it with Ryan. I mean, that guy always negotiates good deals. So um, that's kind of what most of our investors will be. Um, it was funny. I had one of my, somebody sent me one email where he's like, yeah, okay, send me the, the PPM, whatever. Never, I've never talked to the guy. You know, I don't have a relationship with him or anything. And, uh, you know, he comes back. He's like, okay, you know, I'm gonna send it all to legal, but I'll, I'll be good for a million bucks. Like, I have no idea who this guy is or anything. He's just, he just saw my YouTube video and he's going to stroke a check for a million bucks. So like the power of social media is extremely crazy. If you can build up a brand that people trust. Yeah, that's massive. And I have to say that I'm the old school. I'm the guy who does the spreadsheets and the PowerPoints and you are the, uh, the, 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 I don't know, whatever you call the generation, the, um, the young generation <laughs> that can actually um, appeal to social media. Uh, this is one of the things that I need to learn from you, how to better present uh, the, the offerings. And you're right, a good video, um, uh, what do they say? A picture is worth a thousand words and a good video is worth, I don't know, a thousand pictures. So Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I think you get a thousand extra turn 
um, compared to making a slide deck or something. And even, you know, in our webinar, it's a slide deck, it's a presentation, right? And as I was thinking about the webinar, I'm like, okay, you know, uh, I have all the, the pro formas. I have all these numbers. I could really talk a ton about every little detail and what the one-year return looks like through year seven and all these things. And in the end, I just realized like most people attending this webinar don't care about that. You know, they just want to know, yo, like what's in this for me? How much, what do you think I'm going to make? It's like, if I could give them the big picture overview without getting in the weeds, they're going to be more excited and want to invest more. Now, granted, we can still send them all that stuff because we have it. And for the analytical types or, you know, the, the, the detail oriented investors who want to see every little thing. Great. We have it. We're just not going to talk about it on a webinar. And we say that on the web. I'm like, look, this is the broad overview. Like if you want to talk more, you want all the full details, just, you know, text this number. We'll shoot you everything we got, read through it. Then let's have a conversation. You know, if it makes sense. Yeah, that's the truth of the matter. Most people will not read the PPMs, and that, that's the uh, that's the reality. These PPMs are uh, not written um, as marketing documents, but more of a it's a legal uh, disclosure document, and and the uh, obviously summary of terms. So yeah, I appreciate uh, your wisdom, and <laughs> honestly, I have to say that this is where um, maybe we chat offline, but we um, could use a little help. Uh, in the social media, and I almost admire your success and uh, acknowledge it that uh, everything you said makes total sense. Most investors um, invest because of the emotion, not because of the logic. And yep. if you can, if you can um, appeal to their emotion, if they 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 feel they feel great investing with you, the the, the, the terms don't seem to matter as much. Um, so, like you said, we have what's funny. We have institutional waterfalls. We offer investors a pref and a to twenty split, and you don't have to offer the same split for the reasons that you're appealing to emotion. We're appealing to logic, and uh, in, through social media, your, your methodology works a lot better than what we do. But um, well, another thing too that we're doing is you know speaking of emotion stuff, right? Um, it, it's funny you learn this in sales and in um, hiring more so in hiring, right? So with hiring people, you've got the actual paycheck, you know, how much they're making, but also the emotional paycheck. And so if you have an environment in your workplace that is just the best of the best, it cannot be replicated. Your culture is top notch. People want to work for you and people will take a pay cut to do it because the emotional paycheck is so high, you know? And so you'll see like our turnover is super low because people just love working for us. Now, granted, they're not underpaid by any means, but the fact that they get a good paycheck and an emotional paycheck makes it so that they never want to leave. And I mean, you hear people talk about that all the time with uh, any job, right? They're like, look, I, I know I can make more at somewhere else, but I would never leave this. I just love what I do. You know, I love the people I'm around every day. And that is that has value. Emotional paychecks have value. And so when you look at it from the investing side as well, uh, uh, yeah, there are, there are funds and well, not funds, but, uh, you know, investors and stuff where like, it, there is no emotion involved. It's like, <laughs> how much do I make? That's it. Um, and that's great. They, they can do that. And honestly, for me, I'm that type of investor too. I'm, I'm very logical as much as it may not seem like I'm like freaking, how much am I going to make on this deal? I don't care what the house looks like. 
I don't care how much work it, like, tell me what's the end result of this, you know, like, let's run the risk versus the reward. That's it. I'm very logical, but the majority of people are very emotional. And so when we look at the fund, we think, okay, how can we explain this to them in a very simplified way? that anyone can understand because not anyone can read pro formas. Very few people can. Um, and so how do we explain this in a very simple way, but also how do we give them emotional value on top of their financial return? And for us, the way we're going to do that is through, you know, obviously showcasing the properties on social media. And so for other people, you know, if you invest in our fund, you can go show someone that video and be like, I invested in this building. Like that has value. Other funds don't do that. And for you to be able to show off to your friends is a huge value. Another value that we can add emotionally is, you know, like once a year get togethers, like let's get all the investors together once a year, let's throw them a party. Um, we'll go golf together. You can meet me, you know, we'll go have a nice dinner network. You know, you're all accredited investors and everyone's successful in something, you know, financially. So um, it's a great, area to be around. And so it's like, how else could you buy into that network of people? Well, just join the fund and you're in. And uh, we're going to give people that emotional return as well. And, um, you know, just with swag and stuff, we're getting them hats and shirts and all these things. Like you're a part of a community when you join our fund and you can see firsthand the transparency and what it is you're doing versus other funds where you literally have no idea. You don't know who's in it. You don't know what's going on. Every quarter, you're just hoping for a check. And so there's value to what we're doing that other people miss. And that's what I think is going to separate us as we go forward and as more people figure out what we're doing. And I think you're going to see a lot of funds try to copy us down the road and try to replicate it. Yeah, I, I certainly uh, uh, admire and appreciate uh, what you're doing. Um, uh, there the, are... The, there are two sides to the fund management business, um, kind of simplifying it. Obviously, capital raising is a critical side, and um, your brilliance in, in social media uh, is, is going to make all the difference. And I absolutely admire your, your hiring policy. It's, it's the emotional paycheck. Actually, for the first time I hear the term, um, I spend years in the corporate world. I can tell you that people stay uh, in a job, enjoy a job, pretty much primarily uh, because of the culture, and then the second factor, which is probably even really the number one factor, is their relationship with their boss. So if they love working for someone, that's the primary driver of people staying or leaving if they don't have that. Um, obviously, uh, entrepreneurial, high-energy culture helps. And then uh, on the other side of the business, it's that logical underwriting um, and delay identification, which... I'm great at, I'm strong at that, but that, that's a very, that's a very dry field. It's almost like at that field, you, <laughs> you have to almost distinguish or extinguish all the emotion and just go purely, um, the holy grail term in uh, investing is risk adjusted return. At the end of the day, what are you investing in? What are your risks and what is your upside? And, and it is a combination of that mathematical approach. It's where you get the quality of deals while you're brilliant appealing to emotion on the, um, on the marketing side. So uh, that's, that's actually what you, everything you said, <laughs> many fund managers should listen and should learn from you because 
uh, a lot of us uh, as, as, as professionals, we're not good at what you are good at, at the social media and appealing to the emotion. Because this is the new generation of the funds versus the old school that, like you said, they go to the Wall Street money and the Wall Street money is extremely boring, extremely unemotional. And um, it's an incredibly difficult sales pitch. Even myself as a fund manager, if you have to pitch to a family office or another uh, larger fund to invest with us, that is not a fun experience. While your experience is, is a journey and the other comment that I had that we, we take the same comment, uh, we push back on investors. That's the, the best sales technique you can have uh, is to push back and say, listen, this is not right for everyone. Uh, you're welcome to go somewhere else. Uh, but if you want to work with us, I mean, then we appreciate your your investment. But, you know, if you push too hard, if you step on my toes too hard, have a nice day, uh, go find something else yeah. to do. Yeah, we had a guy, uh, I don't know, he was like, yeah, you know, we'll do uh, whatever, a couple million bucks. That's what he said. Um, and then he read the PBM. He's like, oh, I don't like your guys' fees and uh, everything. And I didn't get a chance to talk to him yet. Um, but once I, you don't want to negotiate with me because either way you're either going to, you know, we're, we're not going to do business together or you're going to like walk away feeling dumb. And he, I mean, these are successful people. And you know, the, the pitch I would be giving to him is like, why, for one, why are you counting our pockets when we're going to get you a better return than, you know, everything else you're currently doing. And then two, like at the end of the day, right? It, however, a fund is structured with eighty twenty or fifty fifty or whatever pref it is. Like at the end of the day, none of that stuff really matters. All that matters is what actually happened, right? The path to get to what happened is irrelevant. Like for a logical guy, really, it's just what happened. You know, did you make your fifteen percent? Did you make your twelve percent? Like what happened? And um, that's what should matter. And that's really like what I'm training our sales guys to do is like, look, don't even worry about this. You can, you can know how, how it happens, but the, the point is what happens. And that's one thing you learn in marketing too, is like, people don't want to know like the work that it takes to get somewhere. Right. They just want to know, like, can you get me there? Like, is it easy to get there? Like, can you just do it for me? If you can do it for me and that's the result, then cool. Like I'm in. And so we just try to keep it simple. Um, and you know, I think marketing is nothing without sales. And so with all these leads, we have to make sure that, you know, we're, we're raising money and having the right kind of pitch of why people should work with us. And, uh, that's what I tell them is like, if, if somebody's questioning fees, um, or whatever, just tell them, do you, do you care? Like, like if this return is what you want, what do you care that what we're doing before that? And also on top of that too, uh, we're not able to get the deals that we need to get for this without making some money. Like we got to make money. You don't, I don't work for free. Do you work for free? I don't think so. Like, so if you don't want me to make a living and produce the best possible product we can, I can't produce a good product without making money. And so, you know, if you're against me making money, I'm against you investing with me. And that's the sales pitch of why I don't want you in the fund as an investor. Um, and then you would be surprised. There are people like, no, no, no. Like, okay. Like I, I get it now. Like I want to be in even after all that, like dissing them they're they're in because most rich people and successful people are not ever talked back to in that type of way. You know, they're always used to yes, men 
and people just, you know, bowing. And I'm just always like, I don't need anybody like freaking I'm doing you a favor. So, um, that that's kind of the sales approach too. I think everything we're doing is way different than everyone else, just in terms of everything, all the way from the marketing to the sales, to the structure, to the, um, after you invest experience. So it could totally flop, but it's definitely not the traditional way. That's for sure. Yeah. It's, um, so I was going to say, I beg to differ a little bit on, um, uh, on the uh, product because we, we are a little bit on the uh, on the opposite side, having truly what I call it institutional waterfall with a high pref and a, and a, and a high split to investors versus you offering uh, a good uh, a good pref and a good split, uh, but you are appealing to emotional versus that logical investor who really cares about the the nature of the waterfall. At the end of the day, you're right. The result is what matters. Um, uh, the, the the sort of the, the difference where I say big, I, I beg to differ is we all have to keep the lights on, right? If, 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 if we're not making enough money, we're not motivated to manage the fund well. So right. it's a balancing act between a fund manager, compensation, motivation versus the investor return. And that uh, balancing act, it, it, it's not a perfect, um, it, it's almost very dynamic and very uh, fluid um, uh, setup. So you could be on the extreme on one side, where you have institutional waterfall, where you could have the waterfall like you have, which basically uh, gives you as a fund manager a little better compensation than um, we earn in our funds. But at the same time, at the end of the day, it is return on effort. And if your team spends a lot of time and effort uh, raising capital, then the compensation has to be adequate. So <laughs> I'm not negating anything you said. Just in the old school, I, I sell based on... Um, what you know the functionality of the product versus you're selling based on the benefits at the end of the day what you mr or mrs investor are going to get by working with us so almost so um, yeah i appreciate your wisdom any parting thoughts uh is there a way for folks to reach out to you if they want to learn more about your fund uh or just just reach out um i'm sure you have massive social media following so what's the best way for folks to uh start following you yeah. So if you just go to ryanpineda.com, you will uh, see all my companies um, and all my social medias and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, if you want to be a part of the fund, it's called pinedacapital.com. Um, you know, as much as we're talking about, uh, you know, maybe conflict with investors and, you know, what we deal like with uh, people that I was referring to earlier, we've got a ton who are the majority are like, hey, like I'm in, you know, wh- where do I sign? Like that's the majority. Uh, it's just the one, you know, for whatever reason, you always remember the ones that annoy you. And that's, uh, I don't know, I guess that's life and business. You could have 99 great customers and then you get the ones who make you mad. And that's what you can't <laughs> forget. <laughs> yeah, it happens uh, in business all the time. Unfortunately, negative emotions are, well, they say seven times more powerful than the positive ones. They say yeah. uh, people are likely to complain seven times more often than uh, give you um, praise. And the same thing happens with investors. You, you, you will get usually the smallest investor who is the most vocal, who will consume a lot of your time in reality, right. just push away the, the negative relationships. Million dollar checks is like, you never hear from him. The easiest guy to work with. Yeah, absolutely focus on the positive. So appreciate your wisdom. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. We've got to do it again. And, yeah. um, but, oh, final question. So you were a professional baseball player. Uh, you said you were drafted by Oakland A's, right? Right. Yeah, just curious because I, <laughs> I I definitely appreciate some of the uh, 
uh, I mean, you, you, you're young, high energy, and today you, 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 you are like that, that popular guy, Atari, Atari, right? The guy Otani. who's uh, yeah. Otani. I'm sorry. He's yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh baseball was fun, man. I, uh, I think baseball definitely prepped me for this, uh, really well with dealing with pressure, you know, the discipline side of it, of, you know, constantly failing and, you know, having to strive to get better every day, because guess what? If you aren't getting better, somebody else is coming to eat your lunch and your toast. And so I take that approach every day in business. I'm like, Hey, what am I doing to get better? Because whatever guy behind me, guy, guy behind me wants to eat me and guy in front of me, you know, I'm coming for him. And, uh, that's just the approach I take. And it's not like competition. Like I want people to fail or anything like that. It's just like, dude, I want to get better every day because I'm never going to be good enough. And I want to just, I want this to be the best fund there is, you know, I've got crazy goals. I've got goals to, to make it a billion dollar fund in, you know, less than five years. And I think it's totally possible. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of work to do to get there, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the approach you got to take. And, and sports taught me that you got to dream big. Cause if you're, if you're dreaming small, you for sure ain't making it, you know, and, uh, you know, it's with Otani, you, you spoke about him. How many people told him you can't hit and pitch, you know, as you, as you get bigger, you know, like you got to pick one. And, uh, he's like, nah, I could do both. Then he just does, but he's just the best at both. I mean, he's an all-star as a pitcher and a hitter. He's leading the league in home runs. This dude is literally Babe Ruth throws a hundred. And, uh, I guarantee there were a ton of people that told him he couldn't do it. And, uh, man, it's incredible. And he, and he's in another country. He don't even speak English. It's crazy. Yeah. He's a rare talent. I guess he's the only guy since Babe Ruth who is doing both at this level. So yeah. you're right. And I, I do love your, your, you know, kind of, you got to constantly learn and improve. Uh, the, the old saying I learned is if you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. So you, you don't have a choice. You have to keep getting better and improving. Yeah. Thank the you. world don't stop just cause you stop, you know, it's moving still. Thank you, Ryan, very much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. To receive your copy of Mike's How to Choose a Smart Real Estate Fun Book, head to BigMikeFun.com or visit Amazon and type Mike's slot name. Keep listening and keep investing Big Mike style. See you on the next episode.